Hey everyone, welcome back to the Fantasy Writers Tool Shed. This is uh, JM, I'm here with Richie Billing and we've got a down and dirty mini episode for you. Um, how are you doing, Richie? Yeah, not too bad. Yeah, looking forward to getting down and dirty. <laughs> I don't know how I should take that. Um, <laughs> so we've done a lot of bigger, bigger issue topics in the past. Um, we've talked about... Uh, things like world building and cliches like these overarching fantasy issues. And we've also talked about the industry. So we've talked about um, working with editors and working with cover artists. We haven't really talked about the actual mechanics of writing before. So for today, we're just going to do a very short um, dive into the mechanics of dialogue in fiction. And this applies to fantasy fiction or any other fiction you're writing. And I'm kind of coming at, a, at this uh, as an editor. So re- recently I've taken on a, a more powerful role as an editor. I've been um, reviewing a lot of books that uh, people have sent me um, and things like that. And I just ha- have seen a, a lot of common issues with dialogue, the way that it's used, the way that it's formatting. So I just wanted to take a quick you know, 10 minutes to dive into some of the common, you know, fine-tuned issues that uh, you might find in your own manuscript uh, regarding your dialogue and and how you can fix them. Yeah, most definitely. It's one of them things, dialogue, that you can often take it for granted, but if it's done badly, it can ruin your story. Um, At the same time, if it's done very well, it can make your story. People can often remember stories for the quality dialogue that fantastic conversations between characters so it's uh, it's important to spend a bit of time learning how to get the most out of it and how importantly to use it it's very yeah like you said it's it's it i would say it's critical to genre fiction which is character centric so fantasy is very character centric um, yeah. dialogue is where you develop the voices of your characters you don't de- develop their idiosyncrasies that make the reader like those characters. Um, yeah. I don't think you, I, I would be hard pressed to, to say you could find a book that doesn't have any dialogue in it. I don't, I think it's even short stories. I think need a bit of dialogue, even if it's just like one or two characters, it's just, there has to be some sort of dialogue. I think otherwise the stories, one of the main functions of dialogue is that it really increases the speed of of the pace of the story so if you've got no dialogue it the pace can be quite slow and monotonous so so just diving right into the topic um when when to use dialogue and why we've talked about this before in one of our first episodes when we talked about world building we talked about how you can use dialogue for world building you can you can bring in you can bring in backstory you can bring in um ideas about the the setting and it's not it's not a brick over the head that exposition can be the caveat to that is and here's the big tip from from the editor's perspective here's what i'm telling here's my warning dialogue should only be should always be natural to the characters 
So you should yeah. not be putting words in the mouths of the characters in order to fulfill a, a function such as world building. You don't want characters to be talking about things that they wouldn't normally talk about or discussing something that they both already know and they wouldn't be talking about just so the just to fill the reader in. Yeah, yeah. It, it's a delicate balance of of how do you how do you use dialogue to to do backstory and world building without it feeling unnatural. And I can and then actually a couple of days ago I was watching The Mummy, the movie I think is from 1997 and that movie has a really good scene where they use dialogue um to develop backstory. The um the woman character who's the the Egyptologist and the librarian, the first scene you get of her, she knocks all of the bookcases down in the library. And then her boss comes out huffing and puffing. And so that scene, you're first introduced to that character and, and her her idiosyncrasies through through showing, through an action. Yeah. She's clumsy. She's, you know, inattentive okay we got we've got that absent-minded absent-minded professor vibe from her and then the dialogue starts and the way that they the way that they justify her talking about her academic background is her boss storms in and says you know what have you done why do i even keep you here and then she she has to defend herself so she says well i have like a phd in egyptology and i'm the only one that can read hieroglyphics and she she lists out all of her all of her unique skills yeah. and in any other setting that would that would come off extremely forced but in that particular situation it was justified because that character needed to defend herself and it was a completely natural reaction and my when i saw that i was like that is a good use of dialogue as world building and backstory because yeah. it's natural to the characters. Yeah. Great points. Any thoughts on that, Richie? No, I agree entirely with what you said there. Um, one of the biggest risks, I think, especially with fantasy is info dumping in dialogue. And there's nothing worse, especially like the example you gave there of, of like the forced, way in which information is is delivered it's just you, you you pick it up immediately as a reader and you switch off straight away because it's it's not natural you like you say you should the reader should be the fly on the wall when it comes to conversations they should be observing a natural conversation between two characters i think they call it maiden butler dialogue is that right that's something you've heard before term. what's that uh maiden butler dialogue have you heard that phrase before? I think it, it was. I think I heard Brandon Sanderson use it first. Um, I think it's basically that you're overhearing the conversation between the maid and the butler. They know the ins and outs of what's going on, so they're not going to start going into unnecessarily unnecessary uh, back backstory back uh, detail over something that they already know. It's up to the reader then to sort of ascertain what they're talking about and make connections and. I think that makes it more interesting as well. Yeah. If you're just told everything that's happening, like part of the joy of reading is taking little pieces and putting them together and working out what's going to happen. So, yeah. Yep. So moving on from there, um, putting on putting on my editor hat again, another big thing 
is formatting and punctuation and in di dialogue. And I see a lot of that um, repeatedly with very seasoned authors. Um, for whatever reason, dialogue, dialogue, punctuation and, 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 and formatting just is a complicated beast, I guess, and it, it troubles a lot of authors. And I'm not going to get into, you know, use quotation marks. And, you know, if you're, if you're British, you use one, one mark. And if you're American, you use two marks. And then if you're quoting yeah. something inside the, inside the dialogue, you use the opposite and you use a comma. Like, I'm not going to get into all that. You should all know that we learned it in elementary school. I'm going to get into the more complicated bits. Um, so for example, when do you use a comma and at the end of a piece of dialogue and when do you use a period? And this is a, a very, very common problem. So if you have a, a character saying a phrase, so like, um, you know, look over there. If you're following that with a, a dialogue tag, such as said or yelled or something along those lines, then you use a comma. The comma goes inside of the quotation mark. So it'd be, look over there, comma, quotation mark, he said. Yeah. If you're following that with an action, then the dialogue ends with a period and you start a new sentence. So look over there, period, quotation mark, he pointed at the, at the battlements, something like that. Yeah. So an action is not a dialogue tag and it is not formatted like a dialogue tag and things that a lot of people get. And then a lot of people get confused about what is a dialogue tag. And we'll get into those a little bit later, but bottom line is if you're following the, the quotation with an action, you use a period inside the quotation. And if you're following it with a dialogue tag, you use a comma. So that's basic, yeah. but a lot of people get confused about that. Um, second one is the difference between a dash and ellipses. So ellipses are the three periods that mark a, a pause or a, a slow cutoff. In dialogue, if, you're, if your speaker is slowly trailing off like they're getting, dis they're getting distracted or they're just not completing the thought, then you use ellipses, so three periods. So like, well, you know, I thought once, and it's just trailing off, that would end with three periods or three full stops in British, I guess. Um, <laughs> and that marks that, that marks a slow trailing off. If your speaker is being interrupted, then you'd use a long dash. So, well, I think he got punched in the mouth. That's gonna be a dash. That dash marks a sudden, sudden break in the, in the speech. Um, whereas the ellipses marks a gradual break in the speech or uh, a trail off. And that's an important yeah. uh, caveat to note. And then also if you're breaking if you're breaking the speech with an action in between, you can use commas. So, uh, for example, someday he's going to get hit, comma, he said, but I won't be there to see it. Um, but it's better if you're actually, if you're going to put an action in there that's separate from the speech to use uh, dashes. So someday he's going to get hit, 
quotation mark dash his voice turned huffy and he looked away yeah. quotation mark but i won't be there to see it so if if the action is unrelated to the actual speech so it's not a dialogue tag or it's not even even tone of voice something like pointing uh sitting down picking something up turning away then you yeah. want to isolate that with with dashes and those dashes all fall outside of the quotation marks yeah um that's a big one that a lot of people don't understand how you how to use dashes to set off action with dialogue it's that's probably one of the most complicated things to do with dialogue um yeah any other basic uh formatting things that you've noticed richie no i think you you've you've pretty much covered all the main ones i mean um and you briefly touched upon said like should a lot of people ask um should you use said should you use other thing other kinds of sedisms but um one thing brandon sanderson said which stuck with me is that readers don't care about these words um, they just want to know who's talking so they just look they basically skip words like said and asked and look for the character name so using said a lot it, it doesn't make a difference Most yeah of the time, um, just, just skip over them so that's jumping right into our next topic like you the the word that you use sedisms is is a common term for these and those are things like um you know blurted sh um screamed hissed um all yeah. those different all those different creative ways of of saying said and um generally speaking you want to avoid creative dialogue tags so these are dialogue tags he said she said he yelled he whispered he blurted he scoffed like stick to said asked the occasional yell um, and avoid the rest as much as possible. And like you said, um, when you when you use a, a basic dialogue like said or ask, the reader just, just skips through it. All they're looking for is the identity of the speaker, not the mannerisms. The mannerisms should come out in the dialogue itself, in the speech. Yeah. The way that you write the words that are being spoken should convey some sense of how they are being spoken. If you do need to draw attention to the manner in which something is being spoken, for example, if it's being whispered, then yes. the occasional whisper or yell or something along those lines, I've used hiss a couple times just because I really wanted to highlight that, that particular manner of speaking, but it should be a very rare occurrence because it does, it draws your, it draws your reader out of the speech and to the, the, the action of speaking and if that's what you want to do then you can do that the other yeah. the other thing about sedisms is laughed is not a it's not a said you cannot laugh out words you cannot belch out words yeah. there's, there's a bunch of there's a bunch of actions that that new authors use in 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 place of said as a dialogue tag that are not dialogue tags so you cannot smile out words. You can smile, but you can't smile dialogue. You can't laugh dialogue. You can't belch dialogue. Those are actions. And as, we, as I previously mentioned, those need to be separated with a period in a new sentence. So, you know, I, 
you know, the girl talking to a boy, a boy, I really like you. She beamed. That is, I really like you, period. She beamed as a new sentence. It is not a dialogue tag. Or she smiled. Or that's really funny. She laughed. That's really funny, period, quotation mark. She laughed as a new sentence. Don't confuse actions with dialogue tags. They are different and they need to be formatted differently. Yeah. Nice. Um, And then just rolling off of dialogue tags, when do you need them and when do you don't? Um, You don't always have to have a dialogue tag with every portion of speech. And and this is kind of going to get into uh, the last topic where we're uh, paragraphing. So when you only have two speakers, you need to have dialogue tags to introduce the speakers. But if they're just going back and forth, asking each other asking each other questions or commenting off of each other, there comes a point where you can drop the dialogue tags. And the way that you identify the speakers is through paragraphing. Each, each in speaker, every time you change a speaker, you should build a new paragraph. You drop down to a new paragraph. And that identifies yeah. to the reader that there's a new person speaking. And then you don't yeah. have to have uh, dialogue tags. But if this is going on you know, for a page or two pages, what you can do is you have a couple exchanges. So the first exchange, you know, blah, blah, blah. He said, uh, blah, blah, blah. She asked, blah, blah, blah. He replied. And then from then on, you don't need to use dialogue tags. You can just have the dialogue back and forth paragraphed. Yeah. And then to keep the, to keep the reader focused on who's on that pattern. And so they don't lose trace of who's speaking you can add in actions and other things within those paragraphs to identify, identify the speakers with action and with other things that they're doing or the occasional dialogue tag. Um, you can't go two pages straight without dialogue tags or identifying information that would just, that would be impossible to follow. So mm-hmm. every, you know, every two or three exchanges, the, you can add in another identifying feature like an action or a dialogue tag just to keep the yeah. reader focused on who's speaking. But mo- you, know, you can cut out 60% of the dialogue tags if you paragraph it right. Yeah. I think at the end of the day, clarity is king and, or queen. And that's what you need. You need to make things as clear as possible to your reader. If, if, it, if people are struggling to work out who's speaking, then you, you haven't done a good enough job. You need to make it as clear as possible. And that goes for using pronouns as well, which is a common, it's not dialogue specific, but uh, make sure if you're using pronouns that it's clear who the referent of the pronoun is. If you've got two, guy, two male characters in a dialogue and you drop the word he, it might not be clear who, who the he is among those two. Yeah. And then just moving on to one last bit on formatting. Um, it doesn't come up very much and it, because it's not very common, it, it throws new writers for, for, for a loop, uh, when they, when they get to it, if you have one speaker, who's kind of giving a monologue, so you've got Hamlet and he's just rambling, uh, and you've got multiple paragraphs of dialogue from the same speaker, there's a specific way that you format that. And the way you yeah. format that is 
the first paragraph doesn't have end quotations. The yeah. second paragraph has open quotations and that continues until you're finished. So if you have four, let's say you have four paragraphs of dialogue and it's all the same speaker, then yeah. the first paragraph has open quotations, no end quotations. The second paragraph has open quotations, no end quotations. The third paragraph has open quotations, no end quotations. And then the last paragraph has open quotations and end quotations. So the end quotations yeah. mark when that speaker has finished everything that they've had to say. And that's just something that's, it's, uh, it's not something you really think about that much, but it does come up from time to time. It's quite and a subtle one as well, because you wouldn't most of the time even notice that the paragraphs don't have the speech marks at the end of them. But when you're reading it, it, it flows nicely when the character's talking like that. So, and then part of it is, if... part of it is identifying, you know, keeping clarity and identifying the speaker that um, usually when you're formatting this way, you don't have dialogue tags because you haven't closed, you haven't closed the speech. So there's no dialogue tags. There's no action. It's just speech. So just keeping track of who the speaker is, you can see that, oh, there's no, there's no end quotations in this paragraph. It's the same person in the next paragraph. Yeah. So that's about all I got for the main problems that I, that I see day to day when I'm doing editing um, with dialogue. Dialogue is, can be one of the, the harder things to, uh, to, to format right, to get the grammar and punctuation right. Um, it's useful to, to go on Google and to find some, some blogs that, that have tips and tricks on formatting dialogue. But I've tried to highlight a few of the, the big issues that I, I tend to see. Any other comments, Richie? No, I think you've covered the main ones that I've come across anyway, like the main issues. Um, yeah, good work. Then um, we're going to wrap up this, this short little mini episode here. And we've got another full episode in the hopper coming soon. We're going to talk about marketing and we've also got some big news to announce and that should, you know, that new episode will be coming here shortly. Very exciting news indeed. And as always, if you have any specific questions on this topic, um, anything about dialogue that we haven't discussed, you can leave a, a comment here. You can, you can look up us up on uh, Facebook, reach out and uh, you know, we'll try to answer any, off the cuff questions as best as we can. Yeah. Thanks very much for listening, everyone. Yep. Take care and see you.